All right. I'm going to start us off. All right. I got to remember this. 230, 240. <clears throat> Yo, what is going on, everyone? It's your boy, Cole. And today is Wednesday, January 11th. We are about three days away from NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. That's what they like to call it. We got two games on Saturday, three on Sunday. Then we got a little Monday night matchup. And I actually, every year I make my predictions. And yesterday I did the same with my friends Joe and Zach. But today I got two new guest hosts to see hear what they have to say about uh, this year's playoffs. So the first of which, both of these guys are actually returnees. Both have been on the pod before. The first guy out of Plainfield North, Mr. Dylan Budd. How are we doing? Good to see you, gentlemen. Glad to be on the show. And the second of which is Mr. Mark Rodigero, one of the best track runners in the state, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct, Mark? Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I've run in so many meets to this point, all of them, one might say. Yeah, he is faster than Usain Bolt, they say. That's what I've heard. <laughs> okay, so we're going to give all of our picks, NFC, all the way down to the wild card, all the way down to the championship, flip things over, AFC, wild card all the way to the championship and then at the end we're gonna give our super bowl picks but before we do that i want to get into some awards we're gonna start with the most relevant one the walter payton man of the year award what an award each team all 32 teams nominate one guy that they think is gonna be has a shot at winning this award and it goes to the best man in the community the guy that does the most now i think i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make this my pick because he's not nominated but I think if he were able to be nominated, I think DeMar Hamlin could have gotten it because of his to- um, toy foundation, I guess, toy drive. It's toy drive, yeah. Yeah, got so much money after what happened. Uh, Mark's a Bills fan, so Mark's very – I'm the only Bears fan here. We got a Bills fan, a Packers fan, and a Bears fan. Nice to spread out. Uh, but I'm not going to take a guy from any of those three teams. My guy is going to be the Cowboys representative, Dak Prescott. I think he's got a good story, and this really is just basically – I didn't do much research. I just looked at the nominees and picked the guy that I think will win. So, shout out, Dak. I think you're going to get it. Are you implying this is a popularity contest? Because everybody knows Dak Prescott. I I don't know. Whitworth won it last year, and he's not that popular. And there's, there's so, more popular guys. I'm pretty sure, yeah, Mahomes is on there. Uh, Cameron Hayward, Saquon Barkley's on there. There are definitely more popular guys than uh, – Dak. That's the thing. If you just have some old lineman and then some quarterback, they're doing about the same. They're probably going to give it to the quarterback because more publicity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, all right. My pick is actually an old lineman. Um, he is the representative from the Bills. He's done a lot for the community. He's a third in the NFL charity rankings here on uh, their uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year website. Um, and some of his big contributions, um, if you remember, there was a, uh, a tragedy in Buffalo a couple of months ago when they had that mass shooting and, uh, he and a couple of other players were big parts in helping the city recover and giving back to the community. And that is offensive tackle, Diane Dawkins. He, uh, has put a lot in the community. He's a, he's great on the field. And he is a great person off the field. Mark, Mark did his research. He got, you a know, lot, got a lot of info. You know, Mark, you kind of stole my moment here because I also <laughs> did my research and I also picked Brian Dawkins as my – not Brian. Brian Dawkins. Not Brian Dawkins. My bad. I picked Dion Dawkins as my nomination as well. And uh, But, yeah, not even just because of all the things you see on that website. I mean, looking at the Bills, like keeping track with them, it's always De- Deion Dawkins did this, Deion Dawkins did that. And although players have, like, they have to do however many hours of community service, that's your little tidbit of the day. But um, but I did not Brian da- Deion Dawkins, oh, my gosh. Deion Dawkins is going over and above that limit, and I'm going to say he wins it. Dang, Cole, you really just let us come on your show and do more research than you. Now, me personally, yeah, I I'm know. tired of that disrespect. I got – that's the motivation for next year. I got to do my research. All right. Getting into coach of the year. Now, I said this on yesterday's episode. For my coach, you know, some coaches had better records. But I think, honestly, 
this guy had the lowest expectations and took his team to the playoffs. And I think they have a serious shot of maybe winning their first game, and that's Brian Dable of the New York Giants. It's actually pretty weird. In 2021, last summer, before the season, I said the Philadelphia Eagles were going to be the worst team in the NFL, and Uh. they snuck into the seventh seed with the wild card spot. This year, I said the Giants were going to be the worst team in the NFL. I thought they were going to get the one pick, and now they made the playoffs. So that's kind of like the cold curse, but it's actually more of a blessing. So I think Dable gets it. What he's been able to do with this team is crazy. I saw uh, Dylan posted it on his Instagram story. Go go give him a follow. He posted about the, the infamous third and nine QB sneak that they tried to run. They've come so far from that moment in you know a, a year's time. Dayball is really rallying the troops, and uh, things are looking up there uh, in New York. I completely agree with you. I had Dable as well as my coach of the year. I mean, everything you just said, he's done so much for the team. They've come a long way. He's one of those guys that, like, when he talks, the team listens. They've rallied around him. They clearly like him. He's a player's coach, and he's just done a really good job. He's a smart coach. He's a player's coach, and he's just a really good job. While we're here, I would like to remind you guys, for those of you listening, Mr. Cole Pearson over here thought at the beginning of the year, he thought at the beginning of the year, the Super Bowl was going to be Raiders and Saints. No, just like, that was in June. That I'm was like, in June. Yikes. I don't care that it's in June, bro. I'd like to put that out there. <laughs> to be fair, I thought the Raiders were going to be really, really good too. I, I, I think I, uh, I think I underestimated how god awful McDaniel's is. Josh McDaniel's is, yeah. Yeah. And now they're stuck with him because they can't. Like, they've literally said they don't have enough money to buy out his contract. Yeah, that's just crazy. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, my pick, uh, I'm, I'm on, I agree with both you guys. I think uh, Brian Dable absolutely completely turned around the Giants in one year. Um, I, the other guy who I was like, kind of thinking about was, uh, you know, Dan Campbell on the Lions. But I feel like I would much rather like wait a year to give him that award because then, you know, next year, like they could be in the playoffs and they could be in a lot better situation uh, than just missing the playoffs. And that will make the award just that much better for him. Uh, so for this year, definitely uh, Dable for the win. A little bit of hot take. I think I've got Mike McDaniel is going to be the coach of the year next year. Mark my words Ooh. right now. Next year's coach of the year is Mike McDaniel. I like. Oh my gosh! I was watching football with my mom, and uh, or well, actually no, I wasn't watching with my mom. My mom called me down, and uh, uh-huh. when they uh, they kicked that uh, game-winning field goal against the Jets. Uh-huh. She, they, you know, zoom in on, uh, they zoom in on, in on the sidelines and she's like, who is that? Who is this guy? Tell me about him. Like, what, what's his deal? He looks weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, my mom, uh, not his biggest fan. Oh, my, my dad hates Mike McDaniel. <laughs> he was a Raheem Mostert fantasy owner. Oh, wow. He was a little frustrated when Jeff Wilson was getting the touches. Dude, Raheem um, Mostert, he's, like, solid, but he's just fast. He doesn't do, like, that much Yeah, else. that's it. It's his speed. Mm-hmm. Getting into comeback player of the year, I feel like this one's pretty clear-cut because quarterbacks are, you know, even for Walter Payton we were talking about, sometimes you get favored over, over you know, some running backs. And I think McCaffrey and, and Saquon are both deserving of this award, but I think Geno Smith is the, is the clear number one guy here. Uh when me and Dylan did our, our quarterbacks podcast, I put Geno Smith at 31. I think that's probably the second worst take we had on that episode. God, dude, you're just, you're year. just, you're really regretting a lot of these things you've said on this podcast. It was in Jeez. June, though. I wasn't well informed. Dude, I mean, stop making episodes in June. Yeah, I know. Dylan had Tua at 30. That was pretty bad, too. That well, was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, Geno, he's done incredible things. He took his team to the playoffs. Now, they're going to lose by 35. That's a little sneak peek to my NFC wildcard pick. But you got to give him, you got to give credit where credit's due. We got his team there when no one expected him to. And he saved Pete Carroll's ass. So there you go. I mean, I definitely agree with you there. Gino, dude, I, I think I would love to see an alternate timeline where Gino Smith was given as many second chances as Daniel Jones was. Because I think, because like I mean, you think about the start of his career. He was drafted to the Jets, man, and this was before, like every year before this year when the Jets were just run terribly. 
And yeah, I mean, I think you give him a couple more shots, he could have emerged sooner. Because I mean, what we're seeing from him now, man, he could have been a franchise guy his whole freaking career. That's the thing. His point, his time in the Jets, his coaches were Todd Bowles and I believe Rex Ryan. So, I mean, what really can you do with that? Now he's got Pete Carroll. He has a little bit more of a team around him and he's led them to the playoffs and people, he's like a likable guy. Like before he was just some loser on the Jets. He had a DUI, all that stuff. And now he's a likable guy. He's a true franchise quarterback in Seattle and he's about to get a bag in the offseason. So I agree with you guys. Geno Smith is my comeback player of the year. Mark, you also have Geno? Yes. Triple Geno all across the board. We had, right. we all agreed on Brian and now Geno. We gotta we gotta get some hot takes up in here that we can regret uh, later. Maybe this one we could have. I think it. I think this guy's the clear cut favorite, but you can make an argument for some other guys. I'm talking about the Offensive Rookie of the Year award. I'm wearing a New York Jets Zach Wilson shirt right now. One of the best quarterbacks in Jets history, and the guy that he was throwing passes to this year was his his Wilson counterpart, Garrett. Damn it, Cole. Great year. The much the better Wilson. Yeah. Zach's the better Wilson. Zach is Zach Wilson. I'm saying this right now is better than Trevor Lawrence. Are you freaking Dude, kidding Zach me? Zach right Wilson now? isn't even the best Wilson quarterback. I'd put Russell Wilson over him. I put Wilson Mike White over Zach Wilson. Oh, easily. I put Chris Strebler over Zach Wilson. <laughs> easily. Again. Dude, he's, uh, he's a career backup from now on. We really showed up. That yeah. I call, I'm saying I called he was going to be a bust, not because of anything I saw with his play, but just because he got drafted with Jets. No, it's because he made that one freaking throw on his pro day where he was rolling oh, to his God, left and he threw across his body. It, that was the one throw that got him the number two overall pick. It was yeah, an amazing throw. That's what it was people are saying about like Will Revis too. I've heard so much. It's like uh, they have all these practice clips, and again, it's like you kind of show them that these pro days, like they're good, but like also you gotta have them play against an actual defense to really see. Exactly. You gotta remember that Zach Wilson came out of BYU, but nobody cared because oh, he can make just flip it in sixty yards. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that really did not even that that good of a year. But I still believe in my boy. Uh, his his ex receiver was Garrett Wilson this year. I made this comparison yesterday, and I feel like it's a pretty good one because both of these guys went to Ohio State, and that's Garrett Wilson and Terry McLaurin. I guess their play styles are a little similar. I guess Wilson's maybe a little more elusive, but both guys are able to get it done with horrible quarterback play. And I'm obviously talking about Mike White and Joe Flacco because Wilson's pretty good. Um, uh, I think if Garrett can get a legitimate guy. Uh, maybe if Zach Wilson starts all 17 games, maybe he can go for not offensive rookie of the year because he'll be obviously second-year guy. We're talking offensive player of the year. Garrett Wilson, absolute stud. Well, I, just to make this short, I also have Garrett Wilson, which is why I was kind of mad that you agreed with me. Um, I will say Chris Strebler is a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. Um, Joe Flacco is a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. Mike White is a lot better of a quarterback than Zach Wilson. Um, and, yeah, I, that's, and I do want to correct you because I am an asshole. Uh, Garrett Wilson is a Z receiver, not an X. Corey Davis is the X. Ugh. Corey Davis, that guy sucks. Well, he had a decent year. All right. He's, he's not very good, but he had a decent year. So Mark, Mark's an AFC East fan, so maybe maybe he goes James Cook here as a, as a Bills guy? I like James Cook, but uh, he is not winning Rookie of the Year. But the guy who is winning Rookie of the Year is, in fact, a running back. And Kenneth that Walker. man is Kenneth Walker of the Seattle Seahawks. He has been one of the guys – on the Seahawks who's emerged like out of nowhere to just be really good. One of those surprise guys like Tariq Woolen and uh, Cross on the offensive line who just put the Seahawks in the position they are right now. And while they may get blown out in the wild card, still it is an accomplishment to have those guys get there. And Kenneth Walker has been a key piece of that equation. He has been just a reliable option on the ground for them all year. So even though Wilson has had a good season, despite uh, the awful quarterback sharing his last name, I still think Kenneth Walker is going to be the offensive rookie of the year. 
he's, he's made a good case for it. I yeah, that's a, that's a good answer. I almost had him there as well, but I think I got to give Wilson the nod. Mm. All right, getting into the other side of the football, the D-Roy race. I'm going to stick in, in the Meadowlands. I'm going to give it to Sauce Gardner. Now, Aiden Hutchinson made a very good run at it. Tariq Woolen is like a, a distant third place. But, I mean, Sauce is swaggy, and he's skilled, and he's saucy. That's the three S's right there. He's a beast. One of the league's best corners in year one. Dog. He's a dog. He's a D-Roy. Not much else to be said. Yeah, I think we're all going to be in agreement on this one. This is clearly the most obvious. Sauce Gardner is the defensive rookie of the year, and it's not even close. I mean, in his first year, he's already a top five, some would argue, corner in the NFL. He's really just so damn good, and he backs it up. Um, he's super, like he, like you said, he's outgoing, he's out there, he makes a name for himself, and he backed it up. So, good on him. I mean, yeah, we've had some great play from these defensive rookies, but, I mean, yeah, like, it, to be one of the league's top corners right out the gate, like, that's like a Micah Parsons situation where he's just one of the best defenders in the league right away. You can't not give him rookie of the year defensively. So, here's the thing. I, I believe truly that the cornerback is the hardest position to play in football. Corner or quarter, it's close. I think the cornerback is so extremely tough. And Sauce Gardner has to guard uh, every team's – I know they obviously not every play, but a lot of the time he's guarding team's number one receiver. And the reason why I think that pushes him over Hutchinson – is because there's probably a lot of bad tackles that Aiden Hutchinson is going up against, but there's not that many bad receivers that Sauce Gardner gets to guard. That's that's my thought process behind that. That's a fair point. So we have three awards left. Offensive Player of the Year. This is actually one of the two picks that I think I got right in the preseason. We made our preseason picks as well. Uh, I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson. Damn, uh, dude. That's, that's crazy. I... I I guess you could maybe argue for Tyreek or McCaffrey. I didn't really look at the odds because I just I wanted to stick with the one that I had in the preseason. JJ is just the top in the odds. Yeah, eighteen hundred receiving yards. Could have got to two thousand if he didn't completely shut down these last like two weeks. Um, and I'm gonna say it with some sub substandard quarterback play. Not a large Kirk Cousins fan. Uh, I think if imagine with that guy with like Joe Burrow. Oh, that already happened. Imagine if in the NFL with Joe Burrow, it'd be insane. Um, Justin Jefferson, I think he could win this award like four more times in his career. He just has that capability because uh, not only is he fast, he's, he's he's really the whole package, and it doesn't matter who's guarding him, he's going to get the job done. Maybe Jair. Maybe if Jair had to guard him 17 games out of 17 games, maybe then he wouldn't win it. But otherwise, I think Jefferson – has the capability of winning lots of these awards. Yeah, I was really happy when Justin Jefferson had a one catch for 15 yards at Lambeau against Jair Alexander. I was pretty happy about that. But, um, yeah, I have him, like I heard earlier, as my offensive player of the year. He, um, Besides that Jair game, every single week he was consistently just game-breaking. Like, we're talking Madden stat lines. This dude is an absolute beast. Amazing speed, really good route runner, and he has the savvy just like Sauce does. Super great person, and I think he's the winner here. I mean, I'm convinced, honestly, that he's got to be, like, cheating somehow. There's no way he's catching some of those passes, bro. You got to – it's like baseball. Go out and check his glove. I think he's using sticky stuff. He is just so incredible. I mean, I'm a Bills fan, and I still uh, vividly remember uh, that catch to convert. And, uh, like, I just don't know how you guard him unless you're Jair Alexander, I guess. I just don't know how you guard this man. I feel like – I would honestly want him to be MVP if he didn't have these two bad games the past two weeks. Uh, I mean, that'll never happen because he's a wide receiver. But, I mean, he's just so good. He is so very good. All right, Depoy, this one, I'm going to say, this one should be consensus among us three. Nick Bosa of the Niners. Yep, definitely. Definitely. This, this Niners defense, people aren't talking about it as much as they should. 
this defense is borderline, like, I want to say historic. These guys are insane. They're good at all three levels of the football. They're helping their boy Brock Purdy out. They're completely shutting down teams, specifically in the second half. And Nick Bosa is really the, uh, the X factor of that defense, and he is lighting it up this season. The other guy you could maybe say is, is Micah Parsons. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Sauce Gardner ends up getting third place, him or Pat Sertan. Uh, but Nick Bosa is the number one guy for me, and I think he brings home his first Defensive Player of the Year award. Yeah, I think he got this by a landslide, and I think he pretty much summed it up. So, he got me. I mean, yeah, there's not much else to say. He's just, yeah, consensus. All right, last pick, MVP pick. This is one that I'm proud of. I said this guy was going to win MVP in the preseason. I had this guy at number one on my quarterback's list when <laughs> Dylan had Aaron Rodgers above this guy. Uh, give me fatty Patty Mahomes. Uh, I think he wins his second MVP award. And honestly, I was talking about this on yesterday's episode. This guy has the – because with the offense that he's in and his arm talent, he could win this award. He could hold the record for most awards. Peyton Manning ha- holds it with five. This guy's already at two. I think he can, he can reach that, that number five target pretty – I'm not going to say easily because there's a lot of quarterback talent, but he's the best of the best, and I think he can get it a few more times in his career. Yeah, I completely agree with you here. Like I said, you summed it up really well. Um, looking back on that pick, Rodgers over Mahomes, dear God, that was awful. Um, But originally, at the beginning of the year, I had Joe Burrow as my MVP. And although, I mean, you could make a case, I think Mahomes has easily just won this. He's been consistently – really good in the same way Jefferson has. And the fact that there's no drop-off after losing Tyreek Hill, that really just goes to show how great he and Andy Reid are. So I think he wins it here. All right. I will admit Patrick Mahomes is probably going to win. I feel <laughs> like it's it's not really – like I don't really see anything else happen. However – I do feel like there is one man who deserves it more than him. It is not Josh Josh Allen. Allen. It is not Josh Allen. It is another quarterback who has been single-handedly dragging his team, kicking and screaming to a playoff spot. (laughs) That man is Justin Herbert. Ooh, okay. Herbert, he has had such – poor team to work with for his whole career. No matter the names they bring in on defense, every single offseason, their defense just sucks no matter what. They brought in, like, Khalil Mack and JC. It didn't matter. Like, they, he's had such a bad defense his whole career. I remember there was a span of a couple of weeks where his receivers couldn't catch a cold. He's had some rough patches. Like, he has Austin Eckler, but Eckler keeps fumbling in dire situations. Keenan Allen was hurt a lot. Mike Williams was hurt a lot. And yet with all of that, he still managed to come second in passing yards among all players in the league. He has honestly been one of the only things making the Chargers good, in my opinion. He, I mean, again, bad defense, lots of injured wide receivers, bad coach in my opinion, but that one's kind of controversial. Patrick Mahomes is going to win, but I think Justin Herbert deserves it more. Yeah, you know, you make a really good point. When your top receiver is – geez, what's his – what even is his name? I completely forgot. When, yeah, when your top receiver is Joshua Palmer, <laughs> you have a problem. And, yeah. Yeah. And the fact that Justin Herbert's been able to play with just absolute tomato cans and still be very, very good and have a high production level is absolutely amazing. So – Good on you. That's a really good pick. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Herbert uh, and how he's impressed a little bit more when we get into the AFC. But we're done with awards, and now we're jumping into the NFC playoff picks. Um, first, I want to go over the seeds. So the seven seed uh, is the Seattle Seahawks at nine and eight. Yes, snuck in there past the Packers. They all oh, they almost had it. Ooh, uh, yeah, so close. You know, better luck next year. Better luck. Number six. Have fun uh, with the few months where Aaron Rodgers holds the team hostage on whether he will or will not retire. It's going to be so much fun. I'm sure they're going to love that. New York Giants, six seed, nine, seven, and one. 
The Cowboys at the top wild card spot by a mile. They went 12 and 5. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers came out of that weak, weak NFC South at 8 and 9. They actually had the worst record out of any playoff team. Uh, Minnesota Vikings with the three seed at 13 and 4. The Niners are also 13 and 4, coming on a 10 game win streak. They were 3 and 4, below 500, going into week 8. And now look at them. They are on fire. And the number one seed, the team that clinched the bye, the Philadelphia Eagles at 14 and 3. So the first game that I want to go over is actually the first game that happens this weekend. It's going to be Saturday at 3.30, and it's going to be the Seattle Seahawks, the seventh seed, going to Santa Clara to play the Niners, who are the two seed. And I, I foreshadowed this uh, a little bit ago. I said the Niners were going to win big. That's exactly what I have here. 38-10. to 10. Brock Purdy is a machine, baby. The defense is rolling. I mean, as much as I talked about Geno, gave him his props, I mean – the team isn't that good where they can take down the league's best defense with the league's best quarterback, Brock Purdy, at the helm. So I got to take the Niners here big. I mean, do we even really got to talk about this one? Like, we all we all know what's going to happen. We all know the, the Niners are just going to absolutely run up the score. Um, I have it a little, little bit more modest. Um, I think it's – going to be final score 31 to 14. I think they get uh, like a touchdown in garbage time, but I mean, yeah, like the, the 49ers are just so good all over the place. They have so many options on offense. Their defense is insane. Like they've, they've got a system where they've gone through three quarterbacks and are still the two seed. I just, I, it's not going to be close. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, like like Mark said, I don't think we even have to talk about this one. The Niners are going to beat the crap out of Seattle. Um, I have the score at 35-17, so even more modest. But, um, but yeah, I uh, we all agree Niners are going to win this one pretty easily. Um, I said this on yesterday's episode, but maybe people listening to this didn't listen to yesterday's. I said if DraftKings deposited a $1 million check in my account and said, hey, you can bet this on any money line of any team in the wild card. I'm taking it on San Francisco. It's the game that I'm most confident in. Absolutely. I agree Definitely. with that. A game that I'm a little less confident in is Giants and Vikings, six versus three. Um, if you look at the records, you should say, oh, Minnesota's at home. They're a much better team. They should win it. And I said – Last year, I said if they got rid of Mike Zimmer, they could make a splash in the playoffs. So I'm going to stick to my word there, and I'm going to take Minnesota here, 27-24. The exact same score, and I think they win in the exact same way as the game when they played in the regular season just a few weeks ago. I think the Vikings have gotten very lucky in one-score games. I think that trend continues. Greg Joseph hits a game-winning field goal. I don't think Danny Dimes and and Dable are quite prepared for – a divisional round game yet. I think they got a little bit of work to do. I'm going to take Minnesota here. They're more complete. The defense is aging, which I don't like that much if we're talking for the future. But right now we're talking about this week. I think Minnesota gets the W just barely because uh, they're more experienced. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. I think the Minnesota Vikings are some huge, huge frauds. And um, considering that, they gave up 33 points in the first half to the Colts. Yes, I know they won the game. It's the greatest comeback. I get that. That's great. But they gave up 33 points in one half to the freaking Colts. They got spanked by the Green Bay Packers. Look at how bad that Packers team was. I could tell you firsthand. And they got killed by Green Bay. And I think they're just – they're frauds. They play very inconsistently. And usually when playoff time comes around, they – just start pants shooting, and I think that's what's going to happen here because I like the Giants too much. I like Dable. I like Saquon. I think their defense is underrated, and I have the Giants winning 28-20. I, I agree. I don't see the Vikings. I mean, you, I'm, I'm, yeah, you pull up the Vikings record here, and I think they peaked too early. I think they peaked in that uh, – the game against the Bills at uh, you know the fifty millionth game of the century the Bills have lost, um, but you go after that, 
destroyed by the Cowboys and narrowly beat the Patriots, narrowly beat the Jets, lose to the Lions, narrowly beat the Colts, narrowly beat the Giants, lose big to the Packers, and then, to be fair, convincing one against the Bears. Like, it, they are just ice cold coming. And that's something I feel like I think is a big part in playoff matchups is the momentum a team has coming into the playoffs. I think teams that are stone cold in the regular season tend to come out stone cold in the playoffs. And I see the same thing happening. I think the Giants bought the upset on the road. Okay. Going into a game that is, I'm going to get a little angry here on the people that think the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to win. Cause I, I know one of you two are definitely an avid. I don't think we take Cowboys across the board. The doubt the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are eight and nine for a reason. I saw Tom Brady play live uh, in Carolina he scored three points as an offense in four quarters of football. The guy's the GOAT. That's undisputed. But I think his time, at least with Tampa Bay, is over. They've looked better in recent weeks. But, I mean, there's barely squeaking out wins against the Cardinals and the Saints. That's not impressive. To think that they're going to go up against one of the most complete rosters in football. I know they're at home, but it's it's the 12-5 and five Dallas Cowboys. Dak has some, had some turnover issues. I understand that. They're not a perfect team. But – they have one of the best running back duos. They have a good, eh, decent wide receiver room, good quarterback, <laughs> great pass rush with Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons. Leighton Vander Esch is solid. Trayvon Diggs is solid. Kevante Turpin was on the all, uh, all pro first team this year. Very complete team. Tampa Bay, shaky. Give me Dallas here. 33 to 13. Tampa Bay's, or Tom Brady's Tampa Bay career is going to come in to an end in a disastrous way. Wow. Listen, All right. We got I'm a bold now. one here. We got a really bold one. Uh, Bucks, Cowboys, you know, I, uh, I, my head, well, I'm sorry. My here head thinks Dallas is going to win this, but knowing the NFL, knowing how much they absolutely need ride Tom Brady and knowing Tom Brady in the playoffs, I think you cannot turn him down. Well, I'm, I say that as I'm going to turn him down later. But I think in the wild card round against Dallas, who has been sputtery at times, they're another team that's lost to Green Bay and lost to some other not good teams. But um, this one's going to be a snoozer. I really don't think this is going to be good. A lot of people are going to tune in because it's the Cowboys and it's Tom Brady. But I have the final score at 14-10 Tampa Bay. So, Okay. I really so badly want to say that the Cowboys are going to lose here because it's what it's the same story with the Cowboys every year. They have they go in the season projected to have the easiest schedule. They start off hot, end with some questions, lose some games they shouldn't have, some close games they shouldn't. Then they lose in the wild card. Everyone's shocked. Oh my god! But this year, I mean, I just I don't like I just don't think the playoff Cowboys are that bad when they can lose to. Tom Brady and the Bucks, like the Bucks have just been so bad. Like in a in a good division, they're six and ten at best. Like it, I feel like both of these teams um, matched up against a lot of other teams in this wild card uh, are going to lose. I'm not high in the Cowboys at all, but I still do think they win. And I think they win 17-3 to in a kind of slow game. Dallas put up 40 on the Colts, uh, nearly 50. They put up 40 on Minnesota. These guys are legit. I'm big, big fans of them. That's why yeah, I say that every year. We them boys. This is our year. We're going to the Super Bowl, and then they lose in the wild card. Mm, you know, it's the same thing, man. I'm trying to tell you guys. They're promising. I like them. And that's why in the divisional round, first game we're going to talk about, Cowboys, Eagles, the last time these guys played, it was a shootout. Jalen Hurts wasn't playing, though. The time before that, it was also a pretty close game. That was on Sunday night football in Philly. But Jalen Hurts, last time he played, I, I was watching 2021 NFL playoff highlights. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles went into Tampa, and, man, did he look bad. I know he made some strides. He had a great year this year. But I think the lights are going to be a little too bright for him. And I think Dallas gets it done again, baby. The oh Cowboys upset the Eagles 28-24. I think this game is really going to be 
the lethal rushing attack of both Zeke and Pollard. Um, the Eagles' D-line has been depleted by injuries. Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargraves. Um, I, they're, normally they're good. If it was a completely healthy team, I'm probably going to take Philly. But I'm going to take Dallas here, 28-24. Very good, close game. It's going to be heated. Philly fans are brutal. Both teams are in the same division. It's going to be a great one. But I think I'm going to take Dallas here. So here's my question, because everyone now that we've chosen our wild card spots, you want us to just uh, go with the game that we have the Eagles in next? Yeah, yeah, do the Eagles game. Okay, because uh, in my in my bracket here, I have the Eagles going up against the Giants, and here I think is where the Giants run stops. The Eagles have been a little sketchy at the end of the season, I will admit. They, I mean, those games where they lost when it was Gardner Minshew uh, at quarterback, obviously, and then you know they they were they were rough even with Jalen Hurts back. Um, I still think I still think Jalen Hurts will now be in full swing after the injury, and I still think the Eagles are just going to win. Uh, the Giants, I mean, it's a good year. No matter what happens for the Giants, really, it's been a good year. Um, and definitely a lot to build off of in the future, but I don't see their run going on anymore from here. Yeah, I've got the same thing as Mark. I had Eagles Giants, and um, the Giants, yeah, this Cinderella story little thing is going to come to an end. The clock's going to strike 12. And it's just the Eagles, yes, they have played too damn cute to some opponents, but. I think them playoff time, like they know what's at stake. I think they like cannot lose this game. So I've got the Eagles winning pre- relatively comfortably at thirty-three to twenty. Yeah, I could see that happen. Not against Dallas. <laughs> Definitely against Dallas. Definitely <laughs> against Dallas. The actually, I would say it would be game. even more convincing against Dallas. <laughs> The final yeah, game is the Vikings and the Niners. Um, I was talking about that crap. Uh, I was talking crap against the Vikings. Our game. I was a little skeptical though, and I was very San Francisco. That's a first year again. I think uh, they keep riding the Brock train, and they're gonna get done. I had them scoring thirty-eight points in the wild card game. I think the Minnesota defense them down a little bit more. I think the Niners win twenty-four to seventeen, um, being close, like I have it, seven-point game, and I can see this game being a blowout. I cannot see Minnesota blowing them out, though. I think if these two teams were to square off in the divisional round, like I have them doing, San Francisco is pretty much a lock. I, lock is a a word, probably, probably too loosely, but I'm I'm not a big Minnesota fan. I think they need to reshape their defense a little bit more, maybe. Uh, and I'm going to take San Fran here, advancing the NFC Championship. My uh, my bracket has turned out to be Niners and Tampa Bay, and this is where Tom Brady's little bullshit season comes to an end because, like Mark said, th- he's in a weak division. He's bullshit a, a lot of his wins, and I think the wheels are just going to completely fall off against that elite Niners defense. We're going to see tablets being thrown, teammates being yelled at, I want to see him really pissed off, and I think the Niners win very convincingly. Very hot take. I have them winning 41-14. to 14. Dude, I want to be Microsoft Surface within 50 miles of that building if that happens. It, honestly. Um, okay, well, here in my, my little matchup, I have the 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. And, I mean, I, I already kind of gave it away with how I was talking about them in the wildcard matchup, but this is where the Cowboys, they, they can't just say, we dumb boys, and have the other team be like, oh, okay, yes, sir, you can win. Like, once they actually play a good team, it's it's all over, man. It's the same story every year for the Cowboys. I, I'm, I, I honestly feel, again, I feel like I'm being too generous giving them the win against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is just so bad. Uh, the question, Cowboys definitely sorry, can't I just, the Niners are just too good. Uh, question for you, Mark. In that case, is Dallas going to run a quarterback draw down four with no timeouts? And that was not a bad play call. That, that was, was a, a play terrible call. play call. They could have gotten talking about? a snap off. They were guarding the sidelines. It was, it was either Hail Mary or run that little 
play. And I think if they got the spike off, people would be calling that play genius. But the players were laying on top of Dak. And that no one would be calling that genius, dude. Mike McCarthy is like the furthest from a genius you can get, okay? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 it's just, yeah, no, the, the, uh, I think. I think it will honestly be uh, really funny, though, that the Cowboys get eliminated by the Niners again. Uh, and, I mean, yeah, uh, another, like, we'll just say, like, a month or two or maybe three of Dallas fans quieting down before it's, uh, oh, this is our year again. So that'll, that'll be peaceful uh, because they will lose to the 49ers. Okay, NFC Championship time. My NFC championship is not the chalk pick here. It's going to be the five-seeded Cowboys in San Francisco, who are the two-seed. And unfortunately, Brock Purdy's just a little too inexperienced. Oh, my God. Oh my are you might, kidding me? Right for him. If you have him winning the Super Bowl, the I'm going to throw something. are going to the Super Bowl. Brett Maher, game-winning field goal. Cowboys win 31-28. I've just got that feeling in here, man. Uh, this also was my preseason pick, so I want to keep it consistent. And the past two years, I've actually gotten – in 2020, I said the Super Bowl was going to be Chiefs-Bucks in the preseason, and that was true. And then last year – No, 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 Because in the preseason, it was in June. It was the preseason. Count. You said Raiders and Saints. In and you August, said this, in you August, said this exact same thing. You're like, oh, I got these right, and this one's going to be a little hot. It's going to be Raiders and Saints. And look how that turned out. That was right? off the record uh, for the official – podcast the official outside the box predictions i said cowboys and then my afc representative who i will be talking about in a little bit the cowboys win big here congrats you're going to super bowl 57 dallas fans you've earned it he's too far gone he's already drink he's already drank the kool-aid it's too late we can't save him now unbelievable <laughs> yeah my nfc championship is eagles 49ers you know one seed versus two seeds it's a little bland but um that Niners defense, I think, can stop Philly's offense. And as long as Big Cock Brock – sorry, excuse me. Um, <laughs> as long as Brock Purdy can maintain the offense decently well against the depleted Eagles defense, I think San Francisco is going to win this one. Um, final score, we'll say 27-21, but it's going to be closer than the scoreboard would say. I mean, I I have the same matchup, Eagles 49ers, and I have the same result, 49ers win uh, – I think, I mean, again, dude, it, I mean, 49ers is going to go and accidentally win a Super Bowl with a quarterback they probably didn't even really think about drafting. Um, it, it's like they, they're just so good on defense. Their offense, they got so many weapons, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, CMC, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, and then I think Brock Purdy, dude, it's kind of an overused term now, but he's just got that dog in him, man. He's just he's just so like that. He's definitely going to lead them to that Super Bowl. Okay. Dylan and Mark have been the Cowboys going. Now he's also delusional. Shame on you. <laughs> going to the AFC picks, uh, AFC seeds. The Dolphins, <laughs> Skyler Thompson-led Dolphins. Yes, he was officially game. out. Mm-hmm. Oh, the man, six, that's going to be an interesting matchup. The seeded Ravens are 10-7, and seven, along with the Chargers, who are also 10-7. and seven. The division winners, the Jags, are 9-8. and eight. Shout out to them. The Bengals, 12-4. and four. The Bills, 13-3. And the Kansas City Chiefs are 14-3. and three. They get that by. So I just brought up Skyla Thompson. That's the first game we're going to talk about. The seven seed Miami Dolphins, Bills. I had this last night when I thought two was at thirty eight to twenty eight. I actually I have to uh, erase it now and eight two six. The Bills win big here. Skyler Thompson sucks. This game shouldn't even be played. They should just they should put a hundred pieces of paper and a hat and. 99 of them should say Bills, and then one of them should say Dolphins, and whatever hat they pick out of wins, because I do not want to waste four hours of my time watching this game. I think that gives too big of a chance to the Dolphins, honestly, though. Possibly. Yeah, you might have to make it 300. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you, Cole, here. Um, Skylar Thompson is not the answer. That's why he was like a sixth-round, seventh-round pick. The offense can't do anything without him, and the defense – they're not going to rally around someone that can't lead an offense. 
Um, I think they do score a little bit in garbage time, but Bills are going to kill them 41-13. So I got the Dolphins winning here. Uh, No, I'm I'm, I'm lying. I have the Bills winning, obviously, like a lot. (laughs) Again, it's the same same thing. Like these seven seeds, man, it's nice to have like the extra drama at the end of the season. Like, oh, who's going to make the playoffs? But none of them has ever stood a chance, really, so – I mean, yeah, I feel like I can't really say anything that's not already been said. It's it's going to be a massacre. Yeah. Okay, next game, Ravens and Bengals. Uh, Lamar Jackson probably ain't going to play. It's not looking like it. I'm taking the Bengals here 23-3. to I don't care who's at quarter. Tyler Huntley is a bad quarterback. I know he fits their scheme well, and that's a, that's a nice little thing to have where you get your cor- your starting quarterback and your bench quarterback, similar play styles. So you don't have to change the offense up too much. But if you want that, just go with Malik Willis because he is great at running the football. Um, I don't like Tyler Huntley. I don't like Anthony Brown. These guys squared off a week ago, and Cincinnati won. Uh, I don't think one week's time is going to change any of that. I think the Bengals win big again. And honestly, I think they could win by even a larger margin, but I think they let off the gas a little bit at the end. Give me Cincy 23-3. to I completely agree I think, with you. Here. I think the Ravens score less points than the Skylar Thompson led Dolphins. Dang. I agree with you on that. Yeah, uh, I have Bengals over Ravens. Um, I mean, you pretty much said it. Tyler Huntley and Anthony Brown are literally like Madden generated quarterbacks. Um, but a little tidbit or something for you Lamar Jackson, it's been five weeks since he sprained his PCL. On average, a PCL sprain takes about three, four weeks to recover, and that's not with the high level of therapy that he's getting. Ooh, drama. So, a little bit of drama there, and clearly the Ravens are combusting without Lamar at quarterback, and I think they're, that's going to happen here. Bengals win 35-7, to and then Lamar Jackson becomes the highest-paid quarterback in history. <laughs> uh, I mean, oh, God. I mean, again, I have the uh... – just, yeah, the Bengals winning. I mean, even if the Ravens had Lamar and they were fully healthy, they have still been looking insanely fraudulent throughout the season. They have had so many – like, they just haven't been able to finish games. They've had so many like games that were ugly that really shouldn't have been. And they still have no wide receivers. And their top – their best two guys with tight ends, man. I would I, – genuinely, I think Isaiah likely is better than – like everyone in that receiving core. Um, it, it, it's just, it's not another one that's just not going to be close. Okay, let's get into a game that I think will be semi-close and not really. Two-possession game, I have it being. That's the Chargers and the Jacks. Now, I'm in a playoff fantasy league, and I have both Zay Jones and ETN, so I would not mind if the Jaguars advanced here. But I'm going to think logically here, and I'm going to take the Chargers. I know it's both quarterbacks' first time in the playoffs, but Herbert, he knows what it's like to just miss out, and I think he's going to want to take full advantage of this opportunity. I know he's on the road, but I I also said this. I'm going to bring this up again. Looking at all the NFL stadiums that are hosting a wild card game this weekend, if I had to, if I'm an away team and I had to pick, I could pick any stadium. I'm taking Jacksonville. That's not like they have that. I, you know, it's going to be loud. They're going to be cheering, but it's not like like San Fran. It's not like Philly, not nearly as much as Philly or Minnesota. It's Jacksonville. It's probably a bunch of, like, retired people living there. Uh, it's not going to be too crazy for them. Uh, Eckler's going to do his thing. I think Keenan Allen continues to get peppered with targets. Herbert and company gets it done. They advance 24-13. to 13. Sorry, Trevor Lawrence. Zach Wilson's better than you. I, uh, I agree with you here. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. Hey, hey. Oh, my God. I'm in the minority. I think I'm the only one here who thinks Zach Wilson sucks. I can't believe it. <laughs> I am a little worried um, about the fans and stuff, like the atmosphere, because there's going to be a lot of fans coming out. You know, Jags haven't made the playoffs in a while. and That's, That was the one thing that I was thinking. Maybe they get fans that finally flock out because it might be till 2048. And yeah, because they might finally flock out. And the fact that, like, the Chargers have, like, five fans and three of them are in the same family. So, mm-hmm. other than that, I mean, I still think Herbert can get, get it done. I really like Justin Herbert, as Mark and I were talking about earlier. 
And I think the Chargers win 24-17. Okay. Now, now hear me out, guys. You guys, you know, keen, keen listeners of the podcast might remember uh, my, uh, my MVP pick when I talked about Justin Herbert and how good he was and how he was single-handedly uh, dragging the Chargers to the playoffs. That's not sustainable. I mean, you look at the, the Chargers record here. There are so many like games that they shouldn't have. They lost to the Broncos last week. Like they barely beat the Titans. They lost to the Raiders. They barely beat the Cardinals. They barely beat the Falcons. Like it's they have been, in my opinion, very suspect throughout the season. Terrible defense. Bad head coach, but again, some people disagree with me on that one. Um, I genuinely think the Jaguars are going to win that game. The Jaguars have been riding a huge wave of momentum right now. I think they're just going to roll into this playoffs and stun everybody by upsetting the Chargers. And I think uh, Brandon Seale will probably get fired for it. (laughs) I would not mind that. Getting into the divisional round of games, let's start off with the the game that the Chiefs are going to be playing in. For me, that's the Chargers and the Chiefs. Um, I was talking, I was hyping up Herbert how he's going to seize the moment, but it's the it's Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid at Arrowhead Stadium. Um, fun fact for you, uh, Dylan brought one out earlier. Now it's my turn. Patrick Mahomes has never played a playoff game outside of Arrowhead Stadium, uh, a non Super Bowl playoff game. Every wild card game, every divisional game, every AFC championship he's ever played in has been at Arrowhead Stadium. And with them clinching the one seed, that will continue until maybe if they play in a, a neutral site game. But still, that means they've never played in an away team stadium on, in the playoffs. And that is extremely helpful for them. They're going to have the fans on their side, and I think they get the dub here. 34-24. I would not be surprised if this is one of the big upsets, though. Both times that the Chargers and Chiefs played this season, the Chiefs both won both by three points. So I think if this could come down to the wire. I'm taking the Chiefs here by 10, 34-24. I would not be surprised if the Chargers upset here, though. Yeah, so I literally hate you. I literally – I'm not even kidding. I'm looking at my sheet right now. I have the exact same thing that you've got. Chiefs 34, Chargers 24. You pretty much said it. It's Mahomes, it's Reed, it's Arrowhead. You can't win. (laughs) Hey, the Bengals did it last year. They won at Arrowhead. Yeah, but that was a really good game. The Pats did it. Tom Brady and the Pats. That's what I'm saying. So I have the Chiefs advancing to the AFC Championship. Um, That's Mahomes' fifth straight game. Fifth straight AFC Championship game. That's crazy. So, uh, since I'm not boring like these guys, uh, I actually have something different here. I have the Chiefs versus the Jaguars. And, okay. Dude, no. No, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. The Chiefs are an incredible football team. Very, very good. However. Oh, my God. However. Narrow loss to the Texans. (laughs) <laughs> narrow win, or no, sorry, narrow win to the Texans. My bad. Narrow win to the Texans. Narrow win to the Broncos. Lost to the Broncos. Two narrow wins against the Chargers. Lost against the Bengals. Like they they barely beat the Titans. The Broncos they, beat the Chiefs. Yeah, this just this past or wait no, yes no wait hold on. no they I'm almost kidding. beat the Chiefs. Oh they, um, okay, that's my bad. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm totally. Oh, it's the Chargers I'm thinking of. That's my bad. Whoa, but they still nearly lost. Chiefs won by six, and then Chiefs won by three. Dude, the Chiefs, I think, are good and all, but I think this wave of momentum Jacksonville has and all this, this like, miracle run that I have them going on will continue despite the might of Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead. You can call me insane. I probably am. But give me Jacksonville in a very, very close game, like a two-point win on a last-second uh, touchdown from the man himself, uh, better than Zach Wilson. Trevor I just Lawrence. hope you know. I just hope you know the world would literally explode if the Jaguars beat the Chiefs. 
Yeah, we've had. I mean, we've had so many, dude. The dude, the league in the past couple of years has just been absolute anarchy. You know what I'm saying? Like there have been so many crazy games of teams who are supposed to win in Vegas has been making bank right now and all these, you know, they had that. Like, dude, I, I genuinely, I think the Jaguars, like, unironically, I think the Jaguars have a shot and will win this game. Oh. I also said TCU would beat Georgia, though, so, you know, I got to take that for grain of salt. <laughs> all right, getting into the next divisional round game, I think it's going to be a great game. When you think of, you know, I feel like one game stands out in every every year, last year being there's a lot of good games last year. Actually, I was watching the highlights. Every single divisional round game uh, out of the four last year ended on a game winning play. Uh, we had uh, Bengals Titans. McPherson hit the game winner. Then we had sorry Dylan Packers Niners. Robbie Gould hit the game winner. Then we had I'm not sorry though. We had Buccaneers Rams where Matt Gay hit the game winner. And then we had ah, Travis Kelsey game winner uh, at Arrowhead against Buffalo. And I think this game is going to be the one. Bengals at Bills. Oh, we I all think, have this matchup, don't we? Yeah, I think this is going to be one that's historic. Eh, well, historic is kind of like because there's been the NFL's been around for like 70 years. I don't know if it's going to stand out that much, but it's going to be a damn good game. I'm taking the Bengals or no. What am I saying? I'm taking the Bills, 28-27. I think McPherson goes for a 62-yarder as time expires, and he misses, and the Bills players rush the field in celebration. They're going to the AFC Championship to face off against Mahomes and company yet again. 62 yards. 62-yarder. Unbelievable. Uh, I have Bengals. We all have Bengals Bills, right? Um, mm-hmm. I have the Bills winning this 31 to 24, relatively resounding. I think wow. that uh, I just think that you can't really stop that Bills offense when they're on, they're on. And I think they're kind of going to ride a wave a little bit. And I think they're going to go pretty far, which we'll see pretty soon. Uh, I, uh, you know, obviously I have Bengals Bills here. And I agree with Cole on the fact that it's going to be an absolute barn burner. And here, here's my scenario, right? It's there's uh, there's two seconds left in the fourth quarter. The Bills are lined up 60 yards away from the field goal. Tyler Bass, the man himself, ice in his veins, looks at the field goal, thinks he he's blessed by the spirit of Demar Hamlin, even though he's still alive. He's still just. So he he's still his spirit is still there with him, uh, even though uh, he actually might be able to chuck. So he got released from the hospital, right? didn't he? Uh, whatever. He's, he might be there on the sideline. He pictures him in his mind, nails the sixty-yarder for the win. Bills take it, thirty-eight to thirty-five, and they go on to play Jacksonville in the AFC Championship. Unbelievable, Jacksonville, Jacksonville. <laughs> Ah, Cole, you want to take this one? AFC Championship? Yes, sir. Bills, Chiefs, the matchup everyone has been waiting for. I think Buffalo finally gets to Mahomes. And that's kind of crazy. Neutral side game, too. Holds, that means that Patrick Mahomes will be 2-3 and three in AFC Championship games. Because he's already 2-2 two and two right now. I think that Josh Allen gets it done. They're going to be playing with a little extra fuel, a little motivation because of what happened to DeMar Hamlin. And I think they get the job done for him. They go into Arrowhead, get the win. These guys played earlier in the season. And I would say Buffalo, they they took care of business. They got the win at Arrowhead. They're used to that environment. Give me Buffalo advancing to the Super Bowl, 35-24. I I agree with you on that one. I have the Bills winning 28-24. Um, I think with the stuff with DeMar Hamlin, with losing at Arrowhead two straight t- two straight times, I mean, this is going to be the new Cavs-Warriors. But um, but Bills pull this one out, riding on the DeMar Hamlin wave. And congratulations, you're in a Super Bowl. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm the outlier here. I have the Bills versus the Jaguars instead. And uh, – I, one thing I've noticed from Hear uh, me out, being a football fan <laughs> is that Cinderella runs like these 
the clock tends to strike midnight in the championship game. I'm thinking of the 49ers last year, the Titans before that. Yeah. I, I think now is the snap back to reality. The Bills win. Not not even like super close, like probably like a like a uh, like a thirty one to twenty one type deal. Just uh, I think now is the time where their uh, incredible miracle run comes to an end. Uh, while it was special, while it lasted uh, in my heart, because it won't actually happen only in my heart. Um, I think this is this is the end of the road here. Okay. Super Bowl, here we go. So my Super Bowl, um, this was my pick in the official. Oh, got, I forgot you had the freaking Cowboys in the Super Bowl. In my official preseason podcast, this is my pick. I feel like I would be doing myself a disservice if I didn't stick with my pick. Stick with August Cole's take. Bills, Cowboys. You should stick with June Cole's take. <laughs> I'm taking the Cowboys. They get it done oh in Lord. Super Bowl 57. Rihanna's halftime performance is going to give them that motivation that they need. The Cowboys win 34-30. High-scoring game, two of the league's best offenses. And I think what the, the turning point in this game is going to be, the X factor, is that Cowboys pass rush. Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, coming off the edge. I know Deion Dawkins is all right. I don't know who the right tackle is for Buffalo. Um, I think they end up getting to Allen. And I think I said this, Micah Parsons, four and a half sacks, maybe a touchdown even. I think he's actually going to be the Super Bowl MVP of this game. And the Cowboys win their first Super Bowl since the 90s. The fans can rejoice. They win their ring. Even though they didn't win the division this year, they're going to win the Super Bowl against the Bills. 34-30 is my exact pick from the preseason. I think I'm going to stick with it in the postseason. Tell you what, you want to put money on it? Oh, <laughs> no, I'm all right. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, my, <laughs> Super Bowl, my Super Bowl is the Buffalo Bills and the San Francisco 49ers. You've got two, two seeds facing off against each other. The San Francisco 49ers, Trey Lance is the starter, gets hurt. Jimmy G comes and he starts playing really well. He gets hurt. And then, boom, Brock Purdy keeps the team alive, keeps that boat afloat, rides all the way to the Super Bowl. Buffalo, you've got a great team, consistently pretty good each week, and then boom, tragedy strikes. Damar Hamlin, you've got two really good storylines here. And I think Damar Hamlin on the sidelines, Bills Mafia watching, the Buffalo Bills are going to win this 21-17. to And I think Bills Mafia is going to explode. They're going to start donating to Niner players' charities, and they're going to start breaking tables, and no table will be safe. And, yeah, so I've got Buffalo winning. Oh, that's oh, going to be another uh, Microsoft Surface situation where it's just you don't want to be in a 50-mile radius for your table. Yeah. What I like about Buffalo fans is they have all the good qualities of Eagles fans. They're passionate. They're great. But they're not toxic. That's what I liked about Buffalo. Yeah. So if they were to win the ring, I would not be upset about that. I will say, I don't think the world has the infrastructure to handle a Bills-Eagles Super Bowl. Definitely not. Anyway, Mark, your prediction. Okay. First of all, before I get into it, the Spencer Brown disrespect I'm hearing from Cole is actual insanity. Okay? (laughs) Spencer Brown is a really good right tackle. And we all else we have Roger, Roger Staffold, Mitch Morris, Ryan Bates. We have a good offensive line. I just want to say that first of all, because I, I feel a little bit offended on their behalf. And I have the same outcome here. I think the Bills are finally gonna do it. I think the 49ers, while incredible, I I get I just don't think uh Mr. Relevant himself will be able to do it as a rookie. I think maybe like give him like one year or two years. And I think the 49ers will definitely be hoisting that Lombardi, but just for now, I think uh, it's the, the quarterback difference is going to be a huge factor in it. And I mean, dude, the bills defense is still really good. I still think they can get a couple of stops. I think the offense is good enough to overcome the 49ers call me biased if you want to but i got the bills taking it all 
Okay, there we go. Dylan and Mark have the same exact Super Bowl matchup, same exact outcome. I went a little unique with it. I also have Buffalo. We're all you went a little delusional with it. Is the word you're looking for there? Yeah, yesterday for the AFC, actually, none of our teams were the same. We had three people, six teams in the Super Bowl. I had obviously Bills, Cowboys. I believe someone had Eagles, Eagles, Bengals, and another guy had had Chiefs, Niners. None of those matchups are like unrealistic right now. Exactly. I feel like those are all those are. All that's a thing. This year, the world is the NFL is just so wide open. Yeah, like I, I genuinely, I could see like anyone. I could see the Eagles making it there and winning it. I could see the Niners going and winning it. I could see the Chiefs getting there. The Bengals could get there. Like, there's just so many teams who could definitely take this one. Not the Cowboys, though. Definitely not the Cowboys. <laughs> Let's go Dallas, baby. Thank you guys for joining me. I had a lot of fun making this episode. Um, gonna have a lot of fun watching football for the next three, four weeks. That's for sure. Time, probably not the Pro Bowl week. I'll probably have something to do then because. Um, hey, we gotta end this at sixty-nine minutes. Yeah, thank you guys for joining me. I'm not gonna dilly dally. Everyone, (laughs) have a fantastic evening, and let's go, Dallas, baby. We damn boys. Shut up.